This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So they're ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This podcast is sponsored by Magic Rock Brewing. Currently, you can get free delivery on all orders over £40 and 10% of all online orders by using our code of TakesThatChance10. Jetson's there, Billy Head! A goal, Chris Billy Huddersfield Town! The most famous goal of Chris Billy's life! Is this the moment for Lee Fowler? It is. Take your place in Division 2, Huddersfield Town. Champion Steve Simonson's boots now. He's missed. Steve Simonson clears the flame of the goal and collapses in a heap of tears. Huddersfield Town are promoted. Stephen Schindler. A chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. And he takes that chance! Guys, good evening. Welcome to episode 99 of the Andy Takes That Chance podcast. We're one away from the Magic 100. On the show tonight, and hopefully not going to storm off uh, set and do a full programme, unlike Piers Morgan. Uh, it's a bit bit of a weak one there, Si, but that's for you, mate. Simon Copeland. <laughs> also, I'll try my best not to, Cosy. Also returning this week and sure to be part of the next three games, unlike Rotherham United. Pozza. Evening, gents. Evening. And our expert and special guest who will be returning to hair someone near you on April the 12th. And a cut above, do you get what I've done here? A cut above any other <laughs> local radio pundit is our former number one, Andy Kiwan. I'm sorry, uh, Mark Lennon. Good evening, Mark. Good evening, good evening. Yeah, I can tell you spend absolutely hours on these intros. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Matt, Matt's due back any minute, so I think uh, <laughs> definitely uh, have a better uh, opening salvo to that. So, yeah, and obviously we've got our comments page, and last week it was uh, on fire because... Uh, yeah, the natives were uh, restless, and yeah, we're we're on fire now. I know it feels to be a Bayern Munich fan, two unbeaten, uh, a clean sheet, <laughs> just 
absolutely incredible as well. And even dreaming of a three points once uh, we got a penalty with 17 minutes to go. But we'll come on to that later because uh, it did turn out like we were like we expected. So, Matt, I'll come to you first because obviously you were in the stadium, but we were just kind of talking before we went live there. I don't know. I don't know whether town fans were feeling a bit kind of going into it it's because most people would have had Cardiff on their uh, accumulator for the weekend. And I just wondered whether we might kind of get a Swansea-esque uh, style performance from town. And we pretty much did, to be fair, didn't we? I thought we were really good. I thought they were excellent. Uh, I thought the best thing about it was when the team was named, it was obviously we're going to go more of a, a 4-4-2. It was more like a 4-1-1, honestly, because Campbell just dropped a little bit behind to no go. And I thought it was excellent. Brave decision by Coles Coran, because we know what he's like with this plan B rubbish that people talk about. We know what rigid way of playing. But you know what? He's, he's took a step back and thought, you know what? We need something else. I've managed to get another player through the door who can do something different, as in bigger, hold it up, do what Snogo did uh, on Friday night. And he went for it. And as you say, penalty missed, chances missed. You know what I mean? People had a chance as well. Campbell had a chance, a real chance on the edge of the six-yard box. Uh, Schofield made a couple of good saves in the first half. But for the second half, Town should have won that game. And to feel disappointed that they didn't beat a team that are unbeaten in 11 shows what a great performance it was. Pause. I'll be getting a bit of stick from Phil Senior already about uh, your air cut. But <laughs> yeah, I think uh, obviously it'd be nice to have won the game. But I think, I think it was just important to put out a bit of a message, really, that won't be that we, you know, we're a bit more than just a you know, tippy tappy football team, which I think we've been criticising Carlos for, for a bit. I thought we stood up, mate. Yeah, it were it were nice to see a sort of a different style. I know after after Birmingham, we you know a couple of people were sort of saying you know it wasn't a great performance and stuff like that. But you know we've been crying out all season for him to implement a sort of a plan B, um, and it's nice to see that we can actually play in a in a different style. I think Sonogo um, offered us something a little bit different up front, pushed pushed their defence back a little bit more than more than Campbell obviously being a little bit more physical and. Yeah, you know what you get annoyed with the Mick McCarthy side, the you know, very similar to like a Neil Warnock type, the the big, the strong. They're on a great run. Um, as Matt's just said, I think eleven games there. But you know, all good runs come to an end and usually it's town in it when we're on a on a good run, someone gets in our way and stops us. So it's nice to be on, on the other end of that and, and and as you said, right, offset, you know, and lucky not to get all three points with with penalty miss. Um I don't know, is it a penalty at the moment? I think we've had three this season that managed to hit target on any. So Something to be working on in training there, but um, yeah, overall you'd, you'd you'd accept a point beforehand, and and we got a point, and I think at the moment any point on board is a point closer to survival. So you've got to take it as you can when you can, and it's getting to the point now where performance is really you know secondary to results for me. Side three five two, uh, interesting formation, and I think it's one to me that we kind of hopefully going to see a bit more on that as well, because I think we kind of look good. Uh, interesting, obviously, bringing Keogh back in for Stamen, who I uh, don't know if it was just because it was, you know, quick, obviously being out for a bit and, you know, Tuesday, Friday, not much of a hey, turnaround as well. We nailed on Tuesday night as well, don't forget, because in the oh, first yeah. few minutes, yeah. like a smash in the face elbow. Then he took one in the head later on. It was like one of those people just keep bouncing around from <laughs> lamppost to lamppost after a few first drinks. Everywhere. And I thought, it was, I thought it was superb against Birmingham. Unlucky to be dropped, but I reckon he'd been he'd have suffered Wednesday, Thursday, definitely. And that not just an age thing, the fact that he's been out for such a long time, and the fact the game was so physical uh, against Birmingham as well on on the Tuesday night, which I'll just 
as to you boys and Michelle since then, was atrocious quality-wise that game. But mm. he did put a real shift in. And I think in a World Cup, next couple of days, he'd even like the Tim man. I, I don't know if you saw it, but I really liked Stearman's interview after the game on um, I think it was Tuesday night against Birmingham with his bust lip and such. He spoke about kind of um, the change in style then and it not being the prettiest. And I think the phrase they used was playing percentage football. Um, and that kind of really stuck with me. It showed that there's kind of been obviously some kind of conversations in-house around trying to figure out a way to get results. And um, it, was a, it was a kind of useful addition. I was surprised to see him dropped, actually, but I think the points you make about around kind of um, having not played for so long and kind of taking quite a few knocks in that context, you can understand why he, why he made the bench and no more, really. Matt, what did you uh, think Adam Rhodes' uh, performance on Friday? Because... I, I was a bit surprised he kind of he was been left out, you know, in, in one or two recent games. But again, mate, I, I love what he brings to the the kind of the uh, the setup, the energy that he's got, and that as well. And I, again, I thought it was a, a real positive night for him again. It, it was. I must admit, I wasn't a fan against Plymouth. I know he scored his worldy goal, but I thought the game passed. three two by a team of lower division. Uh, but I think he's been, I think he's been superb in the little cameos he played. Then on Friday night, his defensive work as well as his attacking work, you know, his determination to put a tackle in as well. You saw him chuck a couple of little shoulders in there as well, which was good. It gave a little bit back to their team. And I think the referee at one point, nothing too serious, obviously, because you get booked for saying boot to a referee these days. So I just think he's, he's developing. It's good because I have questioned how good some of these young lads are because we're not seeing enough of them. You know, and when they're coming on, they're not getting bit past white at 21. 22, uh, 20, they're not getting more game time. I think him and Phillips, uh, obviously Scott High starting to get a few games. Schofield plays every week now. So they're just, we're just starting to see, I think, elements of these this youth team that everyone's talked about, just getting better and better, more confident and having a real impact on the game. I thought Roe, I thought Roe was excellent the other night. Matt, what do you what do you see his position be kind of going forward into next season? Because he's played a bit at right back, a bit on the right-hand side of the field, he's played on the left-hand side as well. Do you think he suits one position more than another. Do you think? Do you think there's a spot that he could kind of call his own going into next season? Yeah, I, I think more f- further forward. Wing wing back is the, le- the the furthest back I'd want to see him because I'm not sure about his one on one defending uh, at this at this moment in time. Uh, might get better as he as he gets older, but he works really hard to help out whoever is playing in that either left back or right back position when he's further on, and he also you know, he gets forward really well. And I say he's getting a little bit more. Uh, aggressive in his play as well. So I'd say I'd like to see him further over that side of the halfway line than this side of the halfway line as it stands at the minute. Always helps to take yourself off mute, doesn't it? Pause. What um, yes, what do you make kind of a of kind of style of play in, in, in town and that as well? Are you are you just one as long you know we need as long as we get results, you know, it doesn't I'm not kind of bothered how we play in that as well because it's really interesting for me because I, I like it when we can kind of, you know, have a mix and match, you know, when we can do a little bit different. Why, why do you think Carlos has, and obviously he kind of has not been working for a while, but it takes it takes some bravery kind of to do something a little bit different than that. Well, I thought we were more direct on Tuesday against Birmingham, last Tuesday against Birmingham than maybe we were on uh, Friday. But I just thought, you know, it's, it takes some balls to, because uh, I thought he might go down on his sword, Carlos, but he has, you know, changed it. And even though... You know, probably worked better with Sonogo than it did, you know, on, on you know than it did on Tuesday night, kind of with Campbell. I thought 
you were really interesting, really. And then against the side where you know, they're, they're all about, you know, set pieces and threats and stuff. I, I you were really interesting how we, you know, went toe to toe with them when I thought that might be a bit dangerous kind of coming into the game. I think for me, it's always, you know, result. it's always nice if you can win and win playing nice football. Uh, but for me, football, it's about results and it? it's results business. You look back in, in history and some of the most successful teams, you know, well, one nil to the Arsenal, you know, one nil win, get a goal and, and sort of sort of shop. And Chelsea under Mourinho, when they were successful, very similar, you know, get a goal in front. You could argue town under David Wagner, you know, at the time, you know, we went one nil up and, did what we needed to do and, and sort of took the sting out of the game and, and kept possession. And at the time, I can't remember many fans really complaining about David Wagner's style of football. And then all of a sudden, after he's gone, oh, we stopped getting the results. All of a, all of a sudden, it, it becomes a massive problem. So for me, as long as it's not horrendously bad, uh, I know we, we've chatted because about Lou Macari's stint with town when he, I think he got into the playoffs and they didn't renew his contract because it, it was that bad. Um you know, there's 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 playing bad and there's being horrendous to watch, and I think there's there's two different two different things. If you're winning, ultimately you're happy. I think fans not being in ground has a little bit of an effect on that because you sat in your house watching it on telly, so you're wanting to be entertained. Whereas if you're at a match and you're winning one nil, you're quite happy. You you know, crowds behind the team are singing because you're winning. You know, so it kind of takes. How much do you analyse a performance when you're in ground compared to when you're on TV? I know personally, when I'm watching it on telly, I'm probably more critical than I am when I'm in a stadium. So if we've won one nil and played poorly and I've watched it on telly, my opinion is, yeah, we've won we've played poor. If I've gone to a match and we've won one nil, it's sort of, well, we've won one nil and I've had a good day out because we've won. So I think I think circumstances sort of dictate whether or not you sort of enjoy the performance. But yeah, like they ultimately it's all about winning. Um, I think you're right, Carlos, we're, we're brave to change it. Um, but pretty much everyone has been critical of, you know, his plan A not working. So if he hadn't, like you say, that that had looked bad on him and, and potentially could have cost him his job uh, and, and maybe even a career moving forward. So he, he had to be brave and he had to have those balls to, to do that. And, you know, the last couple of games we've, we've picked up two points and, you could argue early on in season, you know, when he was playing his nice football, I think we had a discussion on here, would you rather go play that football and, you know, in two games and potentially lose and both? Or would you watch a little bit more boring football and get two points? And the, the mood around the place now after picking up those two points is a hell of a lot better than what it were a couple of weeks ago. So for me, the points is the most important thing. I think people have to remember as well, it, it's a very different time. When David Wagner came in, I think the club did a fantastic job on the other side of the things. The clappers, I mean, David Wagner was everywhere. The feeling around the club was amazing. Dean was investing good money. The players were coming in. The wins were starting to come. You know, and it was just, it, it was a fantastic time. I've never seen a squad of players be happy not to play. I've never seen a Ben so happy in my life. And Wagner did that. I don't know how he did it because I was like a bear with a sore ass when I wasn't playing. But, you know, he, he did it. And everyone, the fans came with him for the ride. It was great. But then you've had the, the Premier League, the second year, Obviously, Seaver, then obviously, what happened with the Cowleys, the new chairman comes in. So, I think everyone gets ultra picky. The microscope is on, as you say, you're at home watching it on TV. You know what I mean? It's no Harry and Meghan at the minute, but we can all enjoy <laughs> enjoy the games as much as, as much as we can. But it is, I think, a culmination of a lot of things means that Carlos's job's even harder because we're analysing everything because you can watch it and you can watch it again. 
You know that the game is watching in real time. You're watching replays or watching everything. We can, you're assessing the games more. We're talking about it more. And the reason I said he was brave on the game on Friday as well, because a lot of coaches won't change the way they play. This is me. And if I'm going to have a coaching career in football, like Arsene Wenger wouldn't change. Bielsa doesn't change. You know what I mean? But he had the playing staff to maybe do that. Carlos Corbrand thought, you know what? I haven't got the players at this moment in time who are wanting the door who can do it. I've got too many injuries as well. And we can't forget the amount of people that are lay on that physio's bed. They must, bloody hell, they must get a, a season ticket for the physio bed shop, wherever you buy them from. But, you know what I mean? There's, there's, there's that many of them injured as well. So he's thought, you know what? This lad's on a free. He's got a bit of a pedigree. Yes, he's not played for a while, for whatever reasons. And we may find out one day why he didn't get a club. I'm going to go a bit more direct. I'm going to give me defenders a rest. I'm going to let uh, Schofield go long, knowing the ball's not going to come straight back. And I thought it was, it was a brave decision. And it takes someone who's not got enough, who's not got, who's not full of ego to do that, I think. Because if he was, and his staff was, and he's sticking rigid to it, no, it's how I play. You can all piss off. You know what I mean? This is, this is how I'm going to do it. I'll get sacked if, if I have to, but I'm sticking to it. I think he'd be wrong to do that. Because you have to change, you have to adapt. And especially when you've got your captain out, you've got your, your wing back who's been sensational. You know what I mean? You, you've got centre forwards out. You've got something out. You've got to do it. And he did. Interesting, Matt. So Tom's just put Klopp's having the same problem at Liverpool. It's a good point, that, isn't it? I think, uh, you know, at what point do you kind of change it or just keep doing the same thing, get, getting the same results on that as well? Uh, it's interesting. Because yeah, you, you lose everyone. And, and I think you lose respectability to a point as well. If you can't recognise that your depleted squad can't do what you need them to do, you've got to do something different. And all credit to him, I, I say I really enjoyed Friday night. I know it wasn't for the uh, purists and all that crap, but for what he put on the pitch and what they did, I thought it was I thought it was a good display. Yeah. And I thought Keogh did really well coming in as well. Nabizar was just everywhere, headers. Yeah, we're just going to chat about him, Matt Nabizar. We obviously he's got some pelters certainly on this pod last few games, but he was outstanding on. He deserves it because he makes mistakes. But you yeah. know what? Every time a ball comes in the box, whose head's on the end of it? You know what I mean? He makes challenge, does everything. But he's got that Rick. And I've talked about it on, on you fellas' podcast before. If he didn't have that Rick, no disrespect, he wouldn't be playing for town because he's got everything in the locker, but he's got that mistake in him. And it, and it stopped him, I think, going a lot higher with his ability that he's mm. got. He was really, really good. I want to just discuss a few players as well. So obviously we mentioned Saar there. I want to talk about Pippa. It's a really interesting one, obviously, in playing the kind of left side. And I saw an interview with him uh, after the game on, on Friday and he said he really liked it. And one of the reasons he did was because he got a bit more license as well. And he, he kind of, you know, can go inside and he can go outside. And he prefers that where I think I was kind of thinking, OK, I know what you're saying, but you have to bring everything. You have to take an extra touch to bring everything on your normal foot. So I suppose what I want to ask, Paz, I'll come to you, but... Are you a fan of playing players in a kind of opposite left foot as a right hand side and vice versa and stuff? Because I think the the one thing that's become pretty clear to me is Jaden Brown. I'm not sure he's got a future. Odyssey or Tammy, but it's a bit harsh to say that. But if he can't get a game now and, and you're playing a his right back on the left side, it's uh, it doesn't look very good for him, does it? But it's uh, Carlos has kind of nailed his colours to the mast, and I don't think I don't think we'll say Jaden Brown for this season, to be honest, mate. 
No, it's an interesting one playing a, a wrong, you know, a right foot or a left or a right foot or a left. Uh, it gives you that, gives you a little bit of something to think about as a defender, doesn't it? Because you know, when you know what foot you you are, you you angle your defender which way you you know your attacker sorry which way you want them to go. But I think we chatted early. I think uh, Matt, you might have been on the podcast where we chatted about when we first started and we had um, Corona on left and Benzo on right, and it was basically you know they sort of looked to cut in and they allowed you. You know, we had Toffolo and Pippa there actually doing doing the overlaps. Um, it's interesting to try on a on a three five two rather than you know like the four two three one like we used to play. Uh, I don't mind it. I think I think watching Pippa play early part of the season, he loves a shot as well, doesn't he? So if he's on left hand side, his first thought is can I cut inside and smash one? And to be honest, for town, it's something that I think we lack, and yeah, I think by playing him there. It gives you that option. Mm. Aaron Aaron Rowe did it as well, you know, but Middlesbrough, he sort of likes to cut inside and nearly scored. Yeah, it gives you that other option Good rather than just sort of going down line and crossing it in. We, historically, mm. we've not played with a big man, so whipping balls in at head height, you know, getting to the byline and crossing it in, you know, like, you know, Booley and Jepson days, you can't really do anyway. Um, so that that little cut inside, look at Kyle and Grant, he, you know, scored, what, 19 goals playing in that position, cutting inside once on at right foot. So, I don't see a problem in it, me, at all. It's using no. your squad, using your squad as well. And it was it the Derby game where he played on the left for the first half and he was excellent and then he changed him onto the right yeah, half, and it yeah. just all, it all went wrong. All went wrong. And he, he, yeah, I think I think he does. I think he does all right on the left and yeah, coming in and shooting on his right and more confident than I am seeing him shoot with his left. <laughs> he was opposition. I, um, I quite like him in that position. Yeah. Sorry, because I was saying I quite like him in that position, but for me. As soon as Toffolo's fit, comes back in. He's, he's, he's a natural player in that role, um, and he's been one of the standout players of the squad this season. So I think when Toffolo is available, Pippa probably revert to the right hand side. But it's definitely a, a good option to have up our sleeves. I think just on the, on your Jaden Brown question, Cosby, um, I think he's been a bit lucky in truth. I think um, obviously when Toffolo first got suspended, he probably would have come in had he not had that concussion injury. Concussion injury, sorry, um, that kept him out. Um, and since then, obviously, Pippa's, Pippa's done well in that spot, as has Aaron Rowe. Um, it is difficult, I think, to see kind of what role he has going forward. Um, we obviously need some squad players, but um, whether or not he'll be content to play that role for kind of the next two, three seasons. Sure. Big injury, because he was excellent before he got his big injury, and he's not come back the same player. I thought he was, when he first went to the club and he got playing, he was, I thought he was, he was fantastic. He was up and down, he was quick, he was your modern day wing back. He thought, wow. Where's this fella come from? You know what I mean? He was quick, he was fast, he, he's aggressive, everything. Got injured, come back. You know what I mean? I, I'm taking fingerprints. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I'm not, I, he's just not been the same player. You can see he wants to be, he's trying, but for some reason, he, he just can't get, he can't get his game back together again, which is a real shame. He might have to go out on loan somewhere or whatever, go and play some games, get some confidence, get some minutes in again, because there's a player inside there and he's just gone missing for a little while. I think what hasn't helped is that Toffolo has been so consistent and I guess kind of barring the current situation side is normally regular 90 minutes, week in, week out, kind of a staple of the team. It's been hard for him to get any game time is what you're saying. Yeah, he could have been, the, he, they wouldn't have had to bring Toffolo in. If he'd have come back yeah. as strong as he was before he got injured, I don't think you see Toffolo at the club because he, he was working really well and he's, safe, he's quick, he's strong, he does everything Toffolo does. But it's just not happened for him. It's just not happened. So Toffolo comes in. And to be fair, it's, it's what happens. You don't perform, someone comes in. Another guy who I 
I just hope he's turned the corner. I think he has, to be honest. Throughout the last three games, he's been really good. Lewis O'Brien, I think you could have made a discussion for him being probably one of our better players on Friday night and that as well. And I just think, especially in the run, we kind of Danny Cowley, you know, last season when we went on that decent run at, at times, I, he was the heartbeat of anything that we did and that as well. And I thought, I thought he relished the battle on uh, Friday night and that as well. And I'm just hoping that this is the, you know, we can have the Lewis O'Brien back that we... You know, that romps the player of the year award last night and that as well. But pause, I don't know what you felt, but I just feel I don't know. Sometimes I don't know, as a captain say, it's probably a bit of a meek excuse, and it maybe the way in expectations, what have you. But that would have what's the Lewis O'Brien I want to see on Friday, mate. It was good. Yeah, I like O'Brien. He's one of my favourite sort of players. You know, he's busy, he like, you know, he's not afraid to put a tackle in, but then he likes to carry the ball forward. I think he's something that we need, and a lot of people sort of see Lewis O'Brien as a bit of a utility player and I think he has been used a little bit like a utility player whilst he's been at club but for me he's, he needs to be to get the best out of O'Brien you need to play him in his strongest position and we, we chatted I think last week about moving a player out of the strongest position to somewhere else and basically you're weakening up two positions there whereas if you can get O'Brien playing in that midfield role as he was last season week in week out you, you've got you know, a really good player there. And they were talking about him moving to the Premier League, you know, last year. So, you know, it's not just us that, that think that, but continually moving him around, you know, you think back, you know, like your Tom Clarks as a utility player and were, you know, a six out of 10, basically, wherever he played. I don't see that with O'Brien. I think if you play where he wants to play, he's an eight out of 10. And then if you move him away from there, he suddenly drops right down to, you know, down to five and stuff like that. So just because we've had injuries and stuff like that, I think O'Brien still needs to be, you need to play the, you know, the player in his best position to get the best out of him. Obviously, and I think that's what's happened over the last last couple of games. And you know, like I say, giving him captaincy gives you a little bit of a boost. And all right, he's not one of those to scream and shout like your Johnny Oggs and stuff like that. But he's a he's a good example. He's hard working in you know in ways on the pitch. Um, and as a player, you know, you look to your captain and think, if he's doing that, I better be doing that. And you don't always need someone to shout and ball at you. It's just basically setting the example. And I think as a captain, I think it's a good shout moving forward. And obviously, he's a strawberry wand as well, like yourself. Oh, of course. Yeah. Oh, gingers are always best. Thing is, though, when you've got ginger hair, you can't play a part because everybody notices you. So, you know, you stand out. Schindler's the same. Schindler's not a shout and a screamer. Lead by example. And I think you're right. I didn't like it at left-back, O'Brien. I think it takes so much away from the team. People at left-back doesn't take away as much as O'Brien at left-back from that midfield area. And when he's driving forward in full flow, that low centre of gravity, the little drop of the shoulder, you can't stop him. He can hold off two or three players at a time when, he, when he's at full flow. And he's, he's great with his little one-twos as well. But as you say, I think because we've talked about it before, once that boy gets consistency into his game, he's going to be unstoppable and I'm going to have a real problem keeping hold of him because he has got so much to his game. Like the ginger Messi, we'll, we'll christen him that. Exactly. The ginger. <laughs> <laughs> do you think he'd want to leave right now, Matt? Do you think if, if, a club, if a club comes in for him in the summer, do you think he'd want to go? Or do you think he'd want to have another season at town? Depends who it is. Depends if some, some, massive, if some you know I mean, massive Premier League club comes in for him, then there's nothing, there's nothing he can or the club or anything can do. You, you, you have to take that chance because you never know Someone comes through, snaps you in two, and the manager comes in, doesn't fancy you. Your career can go from there to there very quickly. You've got to take your opportunities. You know, I'd like to think that the club are going to build in the summer. They're going to bring players in, hopefully keep holding for a little while and see if he can you know, develop there. But if someone comes in with silly money and 
he's going to be playing in the Premier League. He can't turn that down. No one's going to turn that down. You know what I mean? You'd be silly too. As I say, because your career can change very, very quickly and not always for the good. 25 minutes. We haven't mentioned it yet, but we're going to now. Penalties. Yeah, I had to no go. Let's talk about his performance first because they were really, really good. I had low expectations coming in, really. I, I was very surprised he started with him because we were getting that message fed out, especially on press conferences that, you know, we were, you know, we might get 20 minutes out of him and stuff. He wasn't fit. And, you know, I was really surprised to see his kind of name, especially, especially with Campbell as well. So, again, that's some of the discuss whether we, you know, two up front or is kind of maybe the way, but I really like what he brought. I thought his energy, I, I thought he's, he's someone, if you're, if you were marking him on Friday, I thought you're going to have to keep an eye on this guy because he's like, you know, he can, he's got a bit of pace, a bit of threat, a bit of strength. You know what? And he proper worked hard. He was sweating. Like, yeah. I was really, really, he worries you. When you see him as a keeper, as a centre, a centre half, you know, even Morrison, you know, I mean, the big lumpy is confident like, I think he's a superb centre-half. He worries you because if he gets a jump on you, you're not beating him. Like I said, he could change a floodlight without a ladder. You know what I mean? He's, he's, a, he's a big, big unit. You saw him come on the pitch, you're thinking, I don't want to mark him. When Campbell comes on the pitch, no disrespect, but when you're talking about high balls into the box, I'll take Campbell, I'll take him first off because I'm a foot taller than him and I fancy myself. You see this lad coming on the pitch, you think, oh, gaffer, don't put my number up to mark him. Because if he gets a run on me... I'm done. And also yeah. the fact of he was bringing people into play, he was all yeah, well. yeah, there was a couple of loose passes, but you know what I mean? Who didn't? You know what I mean? Who didn't have a couple of loose passes? And I just thought for someone who hasn't played competitive football as long as he has, to come in and chuck that out, what can we look forward to at the end of this season, apart from him not taking penalties? Let's just do pick and stay fit. Sai, we're refreshing, weren't we? I just I thought, wow, Keep this away is from the training ground. Keep him away from the training ground, he'll stay fit. <laughs> This is uh, this is what we've been crying out for for some time. It's a bit of a shambles, really. It's took till you know, kind of after the window shut to get someone in of this kind of built. But I'm sure Fraser Campbell will be delighted as well. You know, maybe taking a bit bit of pressure off him. But yeah, that, on what we saw on on, Saturday, on sorry Friday night, he uh, it's, it's going to be an asset for us, isn't it? Well, hopefully, don't get injured, please. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree with yourself and what I've said there. Um, I think. It's quite clear that he wasn't plan A, B, or C, in, or even D or F in, in the transfer window. We're obviously linked to lots of strikers, and, and kind of he has been, dare I say, the last resort. Um, like you, I was quite low expectations, um, but I was pleasantly surprised. He was a handful. He put himself about. He, he looked like he wanted to be there. He looked like he wanted to play. He looked yeah. like he hadn't just turned up for a kind of a paycheck till the summer. Um, don't know what the deal is around next year or anything like that, but. It looked like he wanted to put himself in the shop window and, and good on him for that. Um, I know he wants to go on to discuss the penalty. Um, but um, I, I was quite pleased to say he put his hand up and, and want to take it. I think you want your striker to kind of have the balls to kind of step up there and, and back themselves from 12 yards out. Obviously, it didn't go according to plan. But when you look on the pitch, there wasn't any of his obvious kind of contenders. And, um, I'd give it to Campbell. Yeah. I'd give it Campbell. I know he missed one. Even, even they missed last one. Yeah, it don't matter. Footballers miss penalties. He's a confident lad, Campbell. You know what I mean? He's a. But shouldn't Campbell have got the ball? Shouldn't Campbell have got the ball and said, right, I'm having it? No, I think it had been decided before. He couldn't reach it. He put the ball up like that and he couldn't reach it. He's like, from what Carlos had said, that had been decided before the game. He were always going to get it. And I was surprised some of the stuff on the Twitter that, on well, it shouldn't be on Twitter, should you? But it's like, 
He should be nowhere near the penalty. I'm thinking, hang on a minute, mate. He's our centre forward. Or does he turn centre forward? If he if you can't be confident in him taking a penalty, okay, look what happened. But you know, it's uh because hindsight it's a great thing. Uh, if you're confident he wants to take it, let him take it. I personally, I personally would have wanted Campbell to take it just because more gameplay, scored some goals, great. But no, if he wants to take it, let him take it. I don't want to take the next one. But yeah, I'm quite happy. That he, that he did because he liked to use a footballer. That were the same end where the R2 penalties, wasn't it? You saved it at that end, weren't you? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. 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 It's haunted, mate. It's haunted. That's what it is. Jinx that goal. And I'm, I'm one in the other end in the same game. But oh, here we go. Yeah, mate. It's, uh... <laughs> we're not talking about that tonight, what? Yeah. Uh... No, it's not. <laughs> He's gone. It's He's appears. He appears. There it uh, is. Uh, Pulse, though, just. What penalties is? It's really weird, isn't it? We've had our best times of our lives in major penalty shootouts, playoffs, finals, semi-final. Yeah, yeah. But when it comes, I know Callum Grant kind of bagged a few, but I don't know. In my lifetime, is just your bread and butter games. You you always think we're going to miss, don't we? And on Friday, I thought I just want confidence that we're going to score. And must have been that town hands. Town fans, hands face space band. It's sunk for him. And I felt for the lad as well because it's like live on Sky, it's his first game. And, you know, it's, I, I, I think if you couldn't be sympathetic for him, I know there'd be people sweating in many living rooms, but my heart went out to him because I thought, you didn't deserve that, mate, because you worked your ass off tonight. Yeah, but, I think, like, like Matt says, to step up and take a penalty in a game or in a shootout, sometimes you, you take the penalty taking ability away from it. You can be the best penalty taker in the world, but if you're not confident in stepping up and taking it, there's no point. Put someone less on it. I mean, I used to play centre half, so I was the last person that looked at the second penalty. And I always remember we got to a cup final that went to penalties and you know it went to sudden death. And I remember up before me, uh, I think I was number seven and it went to number six. And I remember as he's walking forward on my team, I thought, you better score this, mate, because I'm up next and I don't want that pressure. Um so like Mike says, if he's if he's grabbing ball and wants to take it, let him let him take it. You know, he's, he's there's no other way. You can't blame anyone else if you miss. You know, look at the you know Lionel Messi misses penalty. Didn't Ronaldo miss a penalty in Champions League? It, it yeah. happens. You know, although everyone thinks it's so much easier. If you look back recent history, goalkeepers are saving so many more penalties than I ever remember as a kid when I used to watch footy. Basically, if you got a penalty, you scored, didn't you? But there's so much more research goes into it now and all that. All right, probably not on him because he's, you know, it's his first game for so many years. But, you know, psychologically, it's a big thing and keepers, you know, they fill the net and they can move around a little bit now. So, you know, fair play for him to take it. You know, his, his debut, his, you know, full debut or whatever. And, you know, he'd had a good game and, you know, to be fair, he did look good when he missed it, didn't he? Um, yeah, it was an awful moment, wasn't it? But lads, I think what were good, the lads were like straight on him, come on, get your head up on that as well. Matt, come on, give us some insight into... I watched in a uh, Spanish uh, game over there, you'll be shocked to know, and uh, there was... Uh, they, the goalkeeper had actually been put on penalties and he scored, but he missed his last one, so he's been moved off. But what was interesting, there was a lot of... The, the other keeper came up and he was messing him out with a penalty spot and you could tell he was shouting... Stuff and then I don't know if it happens like here, but God in Spain, they, they keep referee goes straight, the keeper saying, Don't move on your line because they're really <laughs> footsy on that now. It's not if one foot's not on it, then they'll take it again. But what did you used to do? Did you used to kind of have verbals and getting heads and oh. stuff out? No, no well, one thing we'll say now as well that strikers actually study goalkeepers on penalties now as well. 
to see which side they prefer to go to. And that's a, a different subject. But for me, I didn't say anything. I didn't argue the referee because he's given it. Like, like I said before, I'm not going to have a go at the referee. He's going to go, I'll tell you what, Matt, you were right. Have a goal kick. <laughs> All right. Matt, did you just uh, come into the game, mate? Did you just. Did oh, you sorry. no? Sorry, before the game, say we were playing. I don't, did you used to know about the player? Where did put his last four penalties? What what did you no, do? Last, on two, that? last two penalties, someone mentioned it. Oh, penalties here. We're going to a little tiny bit, but I didn't. I didn't listen to that really anyway. What I usually do is because <laughs> I'm retired, so I can say because I say I had a good few. So a good few penalties in my time. I used to when everyone's arguing, the person who's about to take the penalty will go and pick up the ball. I'm looking at him before anyone. And depending on the taker, you know, obviously, the higher up you go, it's a little bit harder. But they'll always have a little look. Then you put the ball down. Then they're not looking then because they know you're looking at them. But I've already just caught a little eye of him to see where he fancies it on, on the pitch. And as I say, it, it worked a lot. It, it was great because they don't know that you're looking because everyone's arguing. But I'm not. I'm looking at the man who's picking up the ball, seeing what he's looking at. Matt, while you're at it, I want your opinion as well. I noticed there were one the other week in our game, and Oggy mentioned it, but you see it, especially in Spain. Some guy just lied prostrate on the ground behind the wall. It's one of the most weird things ever. I you didn't used to be able to do that, did you? That used to be, you used to stop them doing it. I think it looks pretty stupid when that happens. I suppose <laughs> it's so they go under the wall, don't they? But... I saw someone get stood on. It was so funny. It was a the game. They to be stood on. I, I text Roberts after the game, Matt Roberts, who obviously plays for Birmingham. I said, what is he doing behind there? <laughs> well, no, he wasn't supposed to be there. We're not, we're not <laughs> So he just gone and done there. It's like to jump off and think he's going to go under the wall. They had the biggest wall in the world, Birmingham. There was no need to put someone there. But I think someone pointed out that somebody last last season or in the Premier League season, I can't remember. But I don't know. I don't know if it's a psychological thing or it's just a I don't know, but it just looked ridiculous because he won't even lay, lay down. Yeah. He was sort of half down, half up and I just thought, what are you doing, you clown? It was mad. I mean, one thing to point out, Matt's put that on there on the feed, but Sonogo took penalties for Toulouse, I think, where he was before, and he had 100% record with him. It's not as if it's a guy that's a chance. that he did take, does it? You what, mate? I've only took one. How many did he take? Yeah, wow. Sam Aldo has 100% record for England. You know what I mean? You've got to dig a bit deeper. But it sounded like after the game, Mick McCarthy were quite happy with the point. I suppose when you're on the run there, what, just winning game after game, Cosy, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Um, you know, it's, yeah, I'd like to have won it, but they, they had one or two moments. But, I mean, Campbell, to be fair, had a good chance, didn't he, after that? Right. 
Should have scored that, to be fair. So I know I'm not his biggest fan, but it's, and it does work out, but it's like, oh, God, you know, it just, he had the time as well, didn't he? But it's easy to suppose on the sofa, isn't it, watching it? But, Si, that would have bad missed that, wasn't it? I think he was trying to be too clever. Scissor kick instead of just... Yeah, maybe. Putting back in, or just a nice crisp volley. Yeah, no, there was kind of um big chance, really, in the game, wasn't it? And I think Pippers as well was, was kind of um one that you kind of thought could he have done better with that. Just tries to take it on his right foot, maybe a touch too much, and Toffolo in that position, does he put his kind of left foot through it and find the bottom corner? We definitely had the better of the chances. Um, and in that way, kind of coming away from the game with only a point was disappointing. But at the same time, I kind of said at the top, if we'd have kind of said before the game, you'll get a point today, I think we'd have probably taken that in the run that Cardiff were on, the run that we had been on. Um, just a shame we didn't convert those chances, like you say. Three from three, uh, Sunogo's penalty, uh, Matt. So, uh, yeah, well, yeah, three from four now. But... <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so I suppose. That's kind of dissecting the game and relegation battle. I don't, oh God, here we go. This is going to play back to me, but feels like to me there's one spot available now. And we'll mention, we'll come on to Rotherham's kind of words in a minute, but Sheffield Wednesday, that they absolutely battered at Saturday against Reading. They they feel like a club that are, I don't know, the, the more appointment to me felt we're kind of planning for next season. We'll, maybe you never know, we might get a miraculous. Go, but don't you guys think? I, I don't feel we'll go down. I don't. I think we're better than that. I think we'll win a few more games. But I just think, you know, too close. It's too close. Yeah, it is really, and it shouldn't be, should it, Matt? We've been, but we're better than what we are, aren't we? Sure. Yeah, yeah. And they've shown it in massive chunks this season. Again, I'm not making excuses, but when you've got that many key players with that many injuries, your goal scorers, your defenders, your midfielders, your captains. You know what I mean? Two captains. It it, it happens and. We've talked about where we are in the world, coronavirus, financials. I don't want to get into the chairman again because we've done that to death. You can't just keep bringing player after player and just replace injury after injury. So it's been tough for Carlos Cobran and the squad. It really has. But we've seen so many games. Bristol City, when they got beat, thought it's 60 minutes that game was exceptional. The Derby game, the first half, yeah, Derby's going that, but they were still the better team until he tinkered a little bit. You know, in Cardiff there, other games, uh, Millwall, there's been loads of games where they've been absolutely superb. they just, as I say, they've just got to get that ball in the back of the net and cut them tiny mistakes out. Well, how many teams can say that? Because, though, to be fair, a lot of teams can say that. But I do think down, uh, I'm not going to say too good to go down because it's a horrendous saying, but I do think they're a, they're a good side and they should be further away from that relegation. I've just yeah, had a look at league because it just as we're as we're thinking we're, we're ten in front of Sheffield Wednesday and um, only six in front of Rotherham but they've got they've got well three games in hand it'll be now and you know people always look at games in hand and say oh, well if they win all three you were the third the third bottom so why would they suddenly you know I think they've only won five all season why would they suddenly win three and uh, you know they're going to have to play a lot of games in quick succession as well so that's that's not going to help and don't forget there's. There's Birmingham, Coventry and Derby below town who have got to, you know, pick up less points. And, you know, I can see town, you know, odd result like Friday, a point here and a point there. We're going to win, I'd say, probably a couple before end of the season. So, although it's not cut and dry, that we'll definitely stay up. We're sort of moving up now, aren't we? We've had a slump. We're probably going to be the one that moves up. QPR and Sheffield Wednesday, two massive games. Four points from that. Uh, And, yeah, I think it's happy days. I mean, just make sure... Sheffield Wednesday don't get anything. You, you beat Sheffield Wednesday, that's them gone for a town. Maybe not relegation. Yeah. 
That's to have seen them off. QPR are a decent result of the weekend. The winning tonight, Matt. I've got it on in background against Wickham, but Wickham yeah. not other. But but yeah, I think I think we can get four. But uh... <laughs> I just hope we go Hillsborough, and I think we only go one way. Although we were a bit more kind of direct the other day, but I think I want to go Hillsborough and give them a good pasting and that as well. I don't think they were. I watched that game against Rotherham last week, and he was an incredible winner. To be fair, brilliant goal uh, from that Ladapo quality smash and grab from them. Obviously with the kind of red okay. cap up. But if Wednesday really got any ambitions of staying up, they've got to beat us, aren't they, next week? But I don't know, I just get the feeling on Saturday that it's crushed them. I mean, that Rotherham defeat would have crushed you on it. And then Saturday, what? Oh, come on, we can get four points next two, I, I think. Oh, definitely. And don't you remember the Wednesday game at John Smith's as well? They battered Chipper Wednesday. They outplayed it. That's when they were playing, time were playing the real top football. It was. And we missed the penalty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it was the Wednesday game and. I think it was QPR at home, that those two games, and they out-footballed both of them teams and made them look very, very average. And yeah, hopefully they'll do it again. Let's come. What do you make to Darren Moore's appointment, Matt? Uh, again, I, I thought it was a little left field, but apparently he's been doing a good job at Doncaster. And yeah, you know what I mean. They, they've tried so many different ways and managers. He's not not surprised. He's been around now, paid his dues. Yeah, it's it's a it's a, a good job for him, big job. But he's working, he's working for crazy people. So he's going he's to be out mm. for it. Let's come on to Rotherham again, because, again, they were incredible. The game on Wednesday and then the next thing, the day after, you know, backroom staff, players, COVID again, and then they had COVID at, at Christmas time. And Karanka, yeah, Karanka, within a, he said, I think, what a lot of people have been thinking, to be honest with you, and kind of calling it out the same, well, hang on a minute, you know, once, okay, twice, it's all a bit of a strange one, all of a sudden, you know, I mean, I think it'd be really difficult for Football League to dock points, but it don't feel right to me, Pos. It's like they're going to know what they need to do. And yeah, OK, it's exceptional circumstances, but it, it, how can... I'm no medical expert, but you just... It's a tough one, isn't it? You've got, I suppose you'd have, they'd have to investigate how they're following procedures. And if they're following everything that they need to follow, and it's just, you know, these infections are being picked up outside of the football club in, in players' homes, you know, all that sort of stuff, then what, what more can they do without holding the players up in a in an hotel room and it's probably six one half a dozen the other in it you know you look and on one hand you think well they're going to know what they're going to what they're going to need to do but then on the other end they're going to have to play all these games in you know in quick succession and you know if they're playing two or three times a week it's not going to do them any good is it but then on the flip side of that comment if they get on a roll and they win a couple of them you know you know what football's like with momentum and stuff like that so I think it's a it's a difficult one. I know I mentioned on our chat, you know, is it should there be deducted points for for uh, for all these postponements? But you know, it's where you draw the line for the exact reason. It's where you draw the line because right now you can probably squeeze our games in. But what happens if it's another two games that need to be postponed or another three games or another four games? There comes a moment in time when it's too much, and it becomes a moment in time where actually there is then too big a fixture pile up. And I'm not sure if we're at that point yet. That well, kind of, I think we had this discussion, you know, when COVID first came. I think we discussed Aston Villa because Aston Villa had called a couple of games off um, because they had so many people with with COVID. And I think I, I I made the point that do you class COVID as something different to a normal injury? So if you've got eight players out, you know, from your first eleven with with COVID, you can call it off. 
because you've not got enough players. But if you've got eight players out, I mean, look at town, we've had eight players out with various different injuries and, you know, we had to play. So is it the, is it the fact that they're risking infecting others or have the people that have, to me, if they've got 11, 12, 13 players in that first team squad who are negative and can play, they should be playing. Why are they allowed to call off? Because they've not got the preferred squad available. I think that's not right. I think the thing um, is positive. It just seems to be, it's not even debated. I thought it, if that had been a Premier League, we'd have been called, there'd have been documentaries on this, that and the other, but it's not even mentioned. And I think, I think Karaka's right to call it out. He obviously is looking after his own club, but it's, it just doesn't, I don't know, it just feels rocky. No, exactly. Yeah, if, you, if you're doing all the processes, then there shouldn't be, there shouldn't be a problem. Okay. You know I mean, it's not rocket science. Now, we, we've been living this for a year. You know what to do, you know what to do, and uh, not to do, sorry. The testing's constant. You, you keep your social interactions down. You keep away from people who shouldn't be there. You don't go to people's houses. You don't catch it. And it's, 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 not, it's not rocket science. If you do things properly and you do your, your social distance and you wear your masks, very, very slim chance of catching it. Those people aren't doing what they should be doing. And you're right, because maybe there should be an internal investigation to find out who's been doing it. And they've got, uh, they've got to present it to the FA. Because, yeah, one, you're unlucky. Two's a little bit silly when you've got that many. So maybe, yeah, they, they do that and then... They see where they take it because you, it's not just Rod, right, Rod. It's not great for them because they've got to play the games. But as you say, they know what they've got to do. The players are also having a bit of a rest mid-season. Let's be honest, they're, they're recuperating because they're not playing games. Yeah. But suddenly, let's say Sheffield, let's say they've still got to play Sheffield Wednesday or they've got to play Wickham or a, a team down there, Birmingham, on a Thursday night, and then Birmingham got to play on the Saturday because Rotherham have not kept everything in check. Then suddenly you've got to play that game. Because you've got to fit it in, it's got to be played. So they have to, they've got to play a team. So that other team is now against the wall as well. What's going to be interesting, Matt, is obviously international weekend's coming up the weekend after next. And if they squeeze a game, because there's nothing to say, there's going to be all element that if rather than play one of them games on that, I don't know they'll be playing, but obviously if they've not got any call ups, and then there's a lot being said at the moment about these countries, obviously that you're going to have to quarantine. So whether half of these games are even going to happen, but there's going to be uproar. I think the main thing for us is forget about the other teams. It's you know get our own house in order and get the points in the bag. Not that we get we, enough, we shouldn't be worrying about. I think we'll need fifty points. I, I don't think you'll need fifty this time, do you, man? The chicken said that the other day. To be fair, he, he was saying like he reckons 45, 46 mm. is enough. I, I, I'm not sure that. Well, I think around, I think forty eight, forty seven, forty eight. I think you know in three more, three more wins uh, and a little bit extra. I think up there still. I'd like, I'd, I'd like. It might not be fifty. I'd like to get there very, very quickly. Matt, I've got a question for you from Pete Swallow. I don't think we would be in this position if the fans were in the ground, even if we had all these injuries. What do you think? Uh, it can be said the same then for, for other teams, but uh, it, it, is, it is peculiar in the ground. I've said it before to you, fellas, as I'm in there. And when the John Smith's bouncing and you need that little bit of support, it, it does help. I can't say it doesn't, because it does. It gives you that little bit of Percentage and town have been very good at home, even without the fans earlier on. But they've just needed that push after Christmas in the home games. And I think if you know, I mean, there was twenty odd thousand in there just pushing them over the line, I think it would be different. And I think some of the performances of the the players would, would be better as well because the pressure's on all the time. When you've got a full John Smith Stadium, then the pressure's on even more. Then and you you really have got to step up. Pause it. I went for a walk with someone today, my mate, he's, a, he's not even a, a town, but the man who says, what's going on with us? It's just like last season, there you go again, scrapping to stay up. And 
I'm thinking about it, I thought, from the outside looking in, that people must feel that, but I don't know. because they're in the league now, just big man sits it. You would have been saying that earlier on this season, last season, would he? Uh, Won't be chirping up. No, the fair point, fair point. Paul's that it's just been such a weird time and season, obviously, with the COVID and stuff, but do, do you feel, you know, you could argue under Catholics we were same position again. Maybe the squad, obviously, we talked about before, has been stronger than... Where, where do you feel, kind of, we are as a, a club? Do you feel we're in a better shape? Or do you, are you kind of hoping, you know, like, obviously, Pritchard and, you know, the others that are going at the end of the season, is that a chance to regroup? Do you think we're any better off 12 months on, mate? Well, what have we got? What the hell thought It's one of them, isn't it? I think, I don't know, you, you, you could have a full bloody day's discussion on where we are and how we've got to this point and, and everything like that. And we came, we know we went up probably too early. We came down. We were a massive downer. I think we've said on here, this is now fourth season where we've sort of been in a relegation. You'll feel better or worse than last year, Paz? As a fan? Uh, well, as a club, or would I, do I think last? Do I think last team's last season's team would beat this season's team? Yeah. Are I do. you more optimistic about the future? Twelve months on, mate. I don't know because you asked me two two games ago. Oh. Then you know, it's a different different <laughs> yeah, answer. Yeah, it's like being on body. Honestly, What's I think I think I've, we've chatted about it before, and I've mentioned on here that this season we're one to get through. Uh, I would have hoped we'd have got through it with a little bit more quality and a little bit more safety. And I thought by this time, we would have not been too worried about relegation and used the last few months to look at some of these youngsters and see how good they are. That would have been my hope. Obviously, we're not quite at that stage and we've not seen these younger players coming through. You hear a lot of noise coming from club about as young players and how good they are. I don't always think it means the immediate set that are coming through now. So your Matty Daly's, your, your Phillips, your, your Aaron Rose, I think it's the ones after that that the club are sort of really excited about more than the, the next sort of crop coming through. Um, do I think we've got the right people behind the scenes to do what we need to do in summer? Jury's out on that one. No, I would go with at the moment. I think we would need to learn a lot of lessons from what's gone on this season. Look at January for an example. We you know it, which shambles that went on with a striker. Um yeah, we've been hamstrung by money when we get another couple of players off at books, such as your Pritchards, you know, your, your eye earners. Does that make that job a little bit easier? It probably does. So it gives them a little bit more to work with. Um, I won't say that I'm going into the summer positive, that I think we'll come out of it other side and be a totally rejuvenated side and, you know, have a go next season. I think it'll take longer than that because I think we need so much in so many areas. Um, but Huddersfield Town go, you know, the powers that be there go prove me wrong um, would be my well, message. Get, you know. I'm going to pull that down as a no then. <laughs> yeah, no, Let's hell, Matt. You were a... Si, what about you? Oh, the hell. I'll try and say a bit more uh, succinctly hey, than You've positive. got a minute, mate, to tell me. <laughs> um, am I looking forward to next season more than this one? Yes, but that's because I'll be back in the ground. Um, whereas this season, that was never on the cards, probably. Um I'm looking forward to kind of getting behind the boys and supporting the team. Um, do I think work needs to be done on the pitch and off the pitch? Definitely. Um, but probably more reason for optimism this summer than last because some of those high earners will be gone. Um, I'm, I'm more, I'm more, pos I'm more uh, positive oh, yeah. for next season. Definitely, because I think he'll get his players in. 
Your Pritchards will be gone. They're on decent money still. Ben Hamel's on decent money. I mean, there's, there's contracts to be renegotiated. Play, Carlos will bring some players in. You know what I mean? The, the few that he's brought in already, I mean, they're doing well. They're doing, they're doing well. You know what I mean? Vejo, Pipa, uh, this lad said, oh, now's coming in. It looks like they've got an eye for a player. So get rid of some of the dead wood in the summer, big earners, bring the new ones in. And you know what? Let's see where they go. We just need to do it early, Matt. I know probably sound like a broken record here, but some of the successful factor was getting the boys in early, getting them to another and getting the training. And, and what happened in January was the opposite of that when people come in last minute, etc. So as long as they can do the business at the start of the yeah. summer, I've got every reason to be confident. Matt, yeah. no, I think the club will, sorry, just to finish off there, I think the club will have learned a lot from this season. And by not having fans there, they've, they've probably sort of ignited a lot of um, passion within the fan base to want us to be better. And, you know, I've had conversations with people in private at the club. And, you know, my message to them is just give us something to get behind. Stop waffling, start delivering. Because it seems a lot of waffle over the last. 24 months um, and there's not been that much to back it up there's been little green shoots here and there um, but nothing major and I think this this summer now is almost last chance saloon so shut your mouth and, and get on with what you said you're going to do and I, I agree with Matt next season I do think we will be better than this season um, but they've got to deliver the can't just keep saying we're going to do this we're going to do that they've got to actually get on with it now and, and bring it bring bring what they say to the table and you know everybody wants Huddersfield Town to do well who supports Huddersfield Town you get people who well, I don't like chairman I don't like manager I don't like where they cut grass you know I don't like that they put white seats instead of red people don't like that but if Huddersfield Town are winning everybody's happy so you know or not even winning just having a go you know Horst will you be singing he gets the ball he scores a goal Jordan Jordan Rhodes because I think it's coming, mate. This seems to be too much. When Stephen Chicken go big on a story, you know, I think it's on. And uh, I'd, I put a poll out today to see what people think. And I'm not surprised, really, because I'm feeling a bit like this as well. 68% says they're not too fussed about having him back. And he's been five years in the wilderness, if we're being honest. Five years getting older, five years slower, five years done, I don't know. He didn't rely on, let's not forget, John didn't really rely on pace massively. Yeah. He was a finisher. Yeah. You know what I mean? He could finish. And when I was at town with him, you know what I mean? He, he, he was great. You know what I mean? His finishing was superb. Side oh. bang, bang all the time. And then he got better and better. And as you say, he's made, well, not wrong moves because I don't know he cracks, but financially he's made some very, very big moves. Mm. But he's just not seemed to work. He's not found the club that will bring him back to where he was with town. Uh, I don't want to be... Would excite you, Matt, the sign-in? Would you would you be thumbs up for it or I'd be I'd be in the middle I'd be in the right. middle because I'd be scared that his legacy would be slightly tainted if he come back and he mm. couldn't hit the back of a leading barn door. But I'd like to see if town because people have clubs that suit them. Just for some reason, you have a club where you do really well and he loves it and he comes back and it ignites his career again. And you know what? He goes on a goal scoring spree because around that box, he's a dangerous lad. He's just had a succession of managers. I haven't fancied him. His form's not been there. Injuries, and because you know, he's the nicest lad in the world, Jordan. There's no way he's fallen out with people. So it's it is just you know what I mean. It's just not gone, not gone for him. Positive. It's funny when we we sorry. I was going to say with former players, you've got Rose tinted, and you look at Rose. He scored all them goals. You just automatically think yeah. Rose. Yeah, get him back. He'll score. You've got to try to think if I supported somebody else. And we were signing Rhodes. What would you look at? You, you, you'd say, "Oh, yeah, he did really well at Huddersfield." But what's he done since then? So with that, with that hat on, you've got to say 
don't really excite me, but because you know what he could potentially do. I mean, God, the man were unbelievable, wasn't he, when he scored, when he played for town. And, and uh, you know, right as well. if, if Brota has that chance Campbell has on Friday night, we, we get three points. Yeah, but, it's a fair comment, yeah. He's, 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 he's a, it sort of reminds me of Gary Lineker, you know, never does all spectacular, but scores. Um, and, you know, that's what, that's what wins your football games. So, I'd, I'd be happy to see him back. To be fair, um, I don't want him as a marquee signing, you know, and the the signing of the summer. Um, it wouldn't be only be a put the right players around him, and you know, put this way, uh, couple, couple of things to me. Uh, yeah, I think we've, we've got Danny Ward on a three-year contract. Kind of obviously, Ooh. that's <laughs> let's not make the same mistake again. One two years at tops for me. Yeah, um, I, I think he's got a bit of a point to prove. Actually, I, I think he's probably had four years at Sheffield Wednesday. Now he hasn't really lived up to expectations. I think he's got a point to prove to himself probably more than anything and um, be interested to see what his attitude is. But but I wouldn't be, be adverse to it. Um, if, if he kind of gets in, gets in the door. It's interesting. There's uh, someone on our feed said that when they say signing very soon. So, I mean, that won't go away, that one. But all of a sudden, Phil said we have five strikers and we're going to have about 55 now. And uh, yeah, there's a guy on my TV. I think he's called Arland. He won't be a bad uh, signing, I think, uh, for next season. But I'm sure get the new range structure. Yeah. <laughs> So, it's kind of just want to talk about, you know, it's a year ago since football shut down, just pretty much in that as well. We'd kind of beat Ellen Road and obviously we said about that, the better. But I've, I've missed it so much and I just, it's not been the same. And my mum and dad, like, just every time I go to see him, it's not the same. We can't get into it as much. And I'm glad it's it carried on, at, you know, obviously after it stopped, but it's... Uh, it's been a huge uh, miss for everyone, hasn't it? Kind of a psych mentally as well. I think just having, just getting people back well, in. A lot of people are saying though, but I, I'm the same. Like watching, I I enjoy watching matches today. Saturday night, you know what I mean. Usually everyone falls asleep or back to the day watching Sunday morning. Not overly bothered about watching that. Usually no. a bit of coffee on a Sunday, I'll have the TV on in the kitchen, chuck a game on. Oh, can I be arsed now? Put Peaky Blinders back on again for the ninth time. You know what I mean? It's, it, it, I understand where you come from, and I'm in the grounds. But it's yeah. not the same. When someone gets wiped out in the early yeah. ball, where's the chairs? Where's the screams? Where's the people having a go? You know what I mean? The referees are getting too easy a job as well. They're not getting hammered enough for my liking. Oh. You know what I mean? I'd say it's a good job. Man City v Man United on Sunday, a perfect example. Usually, I'd, you know, I'd be straight. I'd be all over that. Yeah. And, not not so much for football, but for atmosphere, like you said, crunching yeah, tackle. A crunching yeah. tackle is not the same without ten thousand people getting up and going, Ooh, you know, like you do. And you know, you watch football because of that as well, don't you? And, and especially yeah. on telly, you do. I mean, you watch town because it's town, but even that's not the same. You know, you find yourself, you know, having a look on Twitter or you know, doing popping off to do something else. Whereas you wouldn't dream of doing that. Like that's good. Yeah. That's great, <laughs> Oh no, you weren't there, were you at Preston when they had fake crowd noise? But obviously, you were in the studio, weren't you? But oh, that... was it Sheffield Wednesday with fake crowd noise when it first really kicked off? It was horrendous. I had my earphones on, which well, the ones before they got yeah. stolen were quite noise cancelling. I thought, what the hell is that? But they're doing Sheffield Wednesday songs, it's not <laughs> reading songs on. I was like, what the hell is yeah. that? Oh, it was embarrassing, it was embarrassing. Yeah, not, not, not right, not the same. I can't believe that it's been a year, though. I mean, Sai, it just is incredible. I didn't think... I thought Neil, obviously, back on next week for his 100th, but it's like, he said it, didn't he, that we won't get back in. I was like, I'm sure we'll get back in at some point. And uh, it's never happened. And 
God, it, it's just going to be crazy, isn't it? I don't, I don't care who. We, I mean, I think it's August the sixth they announced, didn't it? When it's, so it's an early start for next season. Uh, but it's, it doesn't matter who we get. It's going to be, you know, there's obviously discussion about people getting season cap, but whoever's going to be there is going to, it's going to be crazy, isn't it? It's going to be great. I think it'll be quite a surreal, surreal environment. Actually, kind of being back in a stadium. I think it'll you need to pinch yourself. If I remember back to last, well, this time last year. Three games were postponed. I remember three games of the Easter period. And, and very naively, obviously, hindsight, wonderful thing. I, I thought that'd be it. Three games, we'd all be back to normal. Kind of that'd be it. Blink and you'll miss it. And look at us now, kind of laughing at myself, thinking that. Um, yeah, I mean, kind of... I'm looking forward to it. My only hope is that when we can go back into stadiums, if everyone can be there, yeah, you can yeah. kind of sing, you can chant, you can do everything we did before, beer beforehand, et cetera, et cetera. I think if it's a case where you can go back, but there's only so many people and it's all quite um, spaced out, et cetera. That for me, I think that'll leave me feeling quite disappointed and resentful and, and I'd almost rather wait until it's kind of back to normal than I would any kind of middle of the road kind of, it's a big ask to get everyone back in in August, isn't it? But obviously, there's no one can really answer it. But it's to, it feels like to be stand there with 12,000, 13,000 at home to QPR, I don't know. And August, it feels a big ask that at this moment. But I suppose the vaccines and everything. And the thing is, that anytime if you look when the country kind of got back to some normality when in the summer months, people just reverted to type. So you, yeah. they can say, don't chant or don't jump on or this. That's just not going to happen. It's going to be, people are going to want that full experience. So it's either all or nothing really, isn't it? I, think, I don't see it going any other way. It's, uh, I don't know, it just feels, like you say, if, if we can only have 4,000 in and, and no way fans, that's going to be big. We need them back as well, don't we? But well, they're so not the 21st of June, it, all, all restrictions end. So it's just, they can't. They can't say all restrictions end in June and then tell football fans not to travel to an away game or not jump on each other. They can't have it both ways. I suppose they'll look at the, the science, as they keep saying, and see what's happening around about that time. But you'd you, you hope to God that by... Because we're not... Don't forget, we've got... After June, we've got a couple of months, haven't we, till August. So there's another couple of months there for it to, you know, mm. die out and, and whatever. And hopefully summer rates will follow what happened last time and, and almost be eradicated. So yeah, it will with, be. Yeah. With with the age groups, it's only going to be because that's had his vaccine still. Anyway, to get in there. What I'm going to He'll be in Spain, him. He'll be on his second dose. Obviously, that is. We can't end the podcast like that. We're just getting the views. It's disgusting. <laughs> God, I thought Megan had some bad stick this morning, but peeped on it. But yeah, I think that's it, guys. To be honest, obviously, we've got two games next week. We've got Dundas Pod next yeah. Thursday, which is going to be exciting. And uh, yeah, let's just hope we've got some uh, positive news. But it must be weird for you, Matt, not being going to away games. That how is it still off? Yeah, it's rubbish. It's 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 hard work because obviously. The TVs aren't freezing like they used to. I know that, but you just were sat in that studio, and you know, they don't show the subs coming on. Like Scott, I told you the other day, Scott hired a shot. I didn't even know he was on the bleeding pitch. You know what I mean? <laughs> because they've not shown. <laughs> so it's getting towards the games, and we can have a chat still, but it's not the same. Just before we go, good mention from Cy there, but there's the big virtual sleep out happening again on Friday at the uh, John Smith Stadium, and that as well. So that's. Uh, Going to donate to uh, to charities of the Uddersfield Town Foundation, and I written the other one down that I can't 
reading that as well it is the homeless uh, research uh, homeless charities as well <laughs> Matt, just to, just before we go, tell us a little bit about. We never mentioned it when you were on last time, but you and Booley sitting on all them seats. What the hell were going on there, man? Well, obviously it's for the foundation and for the local charities and everything. And I saw Booley was doing it, and I'd speaking to him anyway. I said, "So I'll do it, yeah." You know, what I mean, I'm doing nothing else. <laughs> uh, you know, what I mean, raise a bit more, raise a bit more money. And yeah, the first thousand seats was atrocious. We're trying to get our technique. We know it's Alan Shearer. Did this slide when they did Wembley, him and Robbie Sanders. We tried did to break any man, be honest. Did any snap? It was horrendous, mate. Honestly, I nearly, I nearly smashed a few of the chairs. But just <laughs> the fact I'm an hairdresser, you know, my, my hands aren't the toughest things in the world. I had blisters for about a month. Oh, it was, yeah, it was good fun because we had we were left on our own for about four hours with no cameras, no nothing. So me and Booby just had a good laugh, a good chat, old times and. So, yeah, we got well over 10,000 or something seats it was. It, but that of bird shit and fox shit. Hopefully they've been sleeping over. They're going to get some sweeper brushes out because it was minging. I think it's a virtual one. It's, I think people do, obviously do it in their own... Uh, oh, are they? Yeah. All right. I've not seen it yet. Yeah. Well, no, wish everyone well sorry. for that. Wish the team yeah. well for the next two games. And thanks to everyone for joining us tonight. And, uh, yeah, all the best. There's a team that is dear to its followers The colours are bright, blue and white They're a team of renown They're the pride of the town And the game of football is their delight And all while upon the field of play Thousands loudly cheer them on the way Often you can hear them say Who can beat the town today? And then the bells will ring so merrily Every goal shall be a memory So town play up And bring that cup Back to Huddersfield So town play up And bring the cup Back to The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up 
about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via muck delivery afterwards. Three points, not nugget share box, spot on. Order McDelivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. <laughs> 